Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, your boy bought a car. And I got to tell you, you I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not like a, a fan of the process. Yeah. Tell me about it. Well, it turns out having a toddler um, in an enclosed space for upwards of like three to four hours is not great for the toddler. Oh, yeah. They don't like that very much. No, 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 no. So there were, there's only so many times you can try to get her attention with Finding Nemo on Disney+. Plus. There's only so many times that you can, you know, get her to show interest in an empty water bottle. Yeah. Or with some of her toys or, or some snacks and stuff. But eventually she's going to be like, hey, we've been here a really long time. Yeah. Can we, can we go? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, her reaction to us being in that room for that long. Not that different from our reaction to the first half of the season. (laughs) Are we there yet? We have been doing this for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) How's that for a segue? I liked it. You're, you're, you're an expert at that. (laughs) I'm not, uh, only experts God, according to to Charles Barkley. Um, Mm. today's show, we are going to, uh, look back on this first half of the season uh, as, as this is the last episode before the all-star weekend, um, in the second season, we are going to look ahead to the second half of the season and see if our expectations for the second half have kind of changed. And then finally, in the third segment, both Pete and I headed into this season thinking that the Lakers were capable of some pretty special things, just given the roster construction. Um, and I'm curious if that has changed at all for, for Pete. So uh, we let's go ahead and dive into the first part of this, though. Did this first half of the season meet your expectations? What? Well, let's 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 like lay our expectations. What were our expectations heading in? So, in a global sense, I thought this was going to be a very strange season mm-hmm. throughout. And yeah, boy, did it meet my expectations <laughs> on that front. Just an odd season throughout the NBA, right? Um, and that's the thing about things when they're. I didn't know how it was going to be strange. I just knew it was going to be very odd. And uh, so seeing the impact of the quick turnaround, seeing certain guys like like KCP be exhausted. KCP mm-hmm. like plays 82 games every season. Yeah, man. I thought just he like, had the, that like Corey Brewer turbo button. Yeah, well, he does. That's the thing, though, yeah. is like if KCP is getting exhausted and you you get a real good feel for how tough this has been, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so LeBron has been... Uh, like hitting a higher gear than I expected him to at this portion of the season and AD not as much, right. Even prior to the injury. uh, I don't know in retrospect, how healthy he was throughout the beginning of that. He certainly, I don't think was in shape. You remember the Draymond quote talking about like, I played a superstar recently. That guy's never out of shape, Uh, Mm -hmm. but he was this time. And he was very likely talking about AD. Uh, So AD did not hit my expectations in the first half. Um, And then, we had some injuries that I think I, I think our record is a little obscured. We're like zero and six when a superstar and another starter, or like a bunch of or, and a bunch of other guys are out, uh, and then like twenty four and seven in all the other games, including ones where AD missed and a, a role player would miss. But um, yeah, like the the record's not as good as I thought it would be, but that's more due to circumstance with injuries in this last couple of weeks. Um, because we were right on track 
you know, uh, to have, we were at the best record in the league or very close to it for most of the first halves. And that was all Anthony, while they were using a lot of these games as practices, right? (laughs) Yeah. And so my, my expectations were to kind of keep an open mind because I knew it was going to be a strange season. So I didn't have much in the way of expectations. What were yours going into the, the year? Do you remember? Well, remember I flip-flopped heading into the year, right? I, you know, and, you? And me, you know, I, what? me, like, you know, I, I, I maintained my fish like out of water tendencies. I was just sitting <laughs> here slapping at the air, hoping that I might get something right. <laughs> um, but I, so I, I thought heading into the season and actually I blame you, honestly, because, uh-huh. so I headed into the year thinking that, all right, there's a, uh, returning champion who played a year-long season the year before, uh, is not going to get much of a break. And LeBron knows that he and the Lakers are capable of beating any team in any series, no matter whether they have home court or not, right? And so I thought we might get some on-court load management type nights. And then you convinced me over the course of the offseason, I don't know, man. I know how these guys are wired. Bro, and we were, we got hit by a bunch of injuries. Well, yeah. Well, but that's the thing, though, is that, like, it's funny. Neither of, of us, I think, are, are necessarily correct. Well, you're right, obviously, in saying that it's a weird season because it, it has been a weird-ass season, right? That I, is, is inarguable. But the injuries and the fatigue and the COVID, right, like, no that, fans that was yeah no fan like that was kind of predictable right oh like, for sure eventually mm-hmm. these guys were going to break down and and i think that's what we saw so uh i i don't think i was right in thinking that they were just going to not show effort at all right and just kind of coast and do what they can to win whatever games they they have to and then kind of move on and and just try to remain healthy over the course of the season i was wrong because they there were games that they really did put they, they they extended themselves to win games that a returning champion would just normally say, oh, fuck it, whatever. Mm-hmm. We didn't. Or they were talented enough to win those games, right? Uh-huh. Like, when I was saying, like, how these guys are wired, it's not a matter of, like, they're going to, like, every single game is, mm-hmm. they're going to compete as though it were the title. But they have enough guys who are who bring it every like Schroeder brings it every night Trez for his deficiencies brings it every night. Like he's this, he, he brings a level of intensity that did win us a a bunch of games. Mm -hmm. And we just got like, our injuries weren't spread out through (laughs) like they all happened at once. It wasn't like enough to, to, to overcome them every so often. It was just like, whap. Right. (laughs) Yeah, like AD would miss a game here and there, and we, by and large, we were pretty good in those games. I think we won four out of five games. Alex missed a few games with health and health and safety protocols. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, you know, had a couple of those, but when AD and Dennis went down at the same time, time it went for, like what was our record at the time? I think we've lost what six out of our last nine or so, or something like uh, that. Seven yeah. out of our last ten. I think we're we've lost seven out of our last ten, and so, uh, yeah, we were like my prediction. We were like 21 and six, mm-hmm. right? But, and then even with, but with the AD injury, like we were 
on pace to be fine, in my opinion. But then it's the second starters that get, you know, Schroeder getting hurt, uh, Mark going into the health and safety protocol. Kuz was out that same game. And then nobody played pretty much in this last yeah. game. So, um, yeah, it's just some the, the record is kind of obscuring what I think was actually a very successful first half of the season, especially relative to a lot of the other teams that got deep in the playoffs. Yeah, so it's hard for me to say that they either made or missed my expectations for them because my expectations were all over the damn place. So, like, <laughs> sure. like they, they, in some respects, they met my expectations in that, like, they looked special. In other respects, they broke down, which was kind of to be expected given the ridiculous schedule that they've played the last 18 months. So, you know, and, and then there are ways that I were wrong and that, that I was, that I was just deeply wrong. So uh, let's take a quick second here. And I want to talk about how, what they've done, their performance compared to our expectations for them, what, that, what impact that has had on our expectations now for the second half, what we have learned and, 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 and how we feel about what we might be seeing from them over the course of the next, what is it? 35 games. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today in a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest sto- news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Obviously, no games in effect uh, heading into tomorrow night and, and as we get ready for the All-Star Weekend. But we do have plenty of reasons to, to, to still go to betonline.ag. Bet Online is the fest, fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over and the NBA might be taking a break. But MLB is, is, is around the corner. College basketball is in effect. And the NHL is, is in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. It has real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKED ON to get a 50% deposit bonus. One more time, that is betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. The key, Pete, and I'm, I'm giving away the secret sauce here. The key, Pete, is to fire off takes on all of this shit. Uh-huh. Just try to cover as wide a spectrum as I can without anybody noticing. And then just coming <laughs> back and saying, like, see, I told you. Yeah. I just told pick you. A, pick the one that you need. I mean, on, a- like, I'm, I'm being facetious to a certain extent here. But, like, like when you see draft experts, right, on, on oh, yeah. Twitter, oh, yeah. this is their go-to. They'll fire off takes about all of these players or whatever. And then the players that they liked, if they play well, what did I tell you about that guy? What mm-hmm. did I tell what what is it's a reflection of how smart they are? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing but respect for my large adult son, so and so, so and so, so and so. Right. Sure. And then and then when that player, you know, doesn't exactly continue on that path, it's weird how they just like stop tweeting for a little bit. <laughs> sure. Anyway. Um, all right, so we talked about 
our expectations heading into the season. And we talked about what the Lakers did compared to those expectations in the first half of the season. And now I'm kind of curious based off of what we've seen this first half and taking with not taking for granted, but understanding that the Lakers are eventually going to get most of these guys back, hopefully at some point, right? You can't predict injuries, but because of that, let's just pretend that eventually they'll get their rotation back to one extent or the other. Um, what do you think their first half of the season is going to say, or, or what has that first half done to teach you about what they might be capable of moving forward? So I don't think that what they might be capable of has changed much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this has been kind of like a, this is kind of a three act play this season. And we just finished act one, right? Act two will be the second half of the regular season. And oh, act three okay, okay, okay. is the, is the playoffs, right? I thought you meant like the regular season is a three act play because that's actually an interesting way of looking at it too. You, you could, you could break it up into di- different, but for the purposes of, mm-hmm. of my the season. So, and, yeah. Right. And so, what act one was about, I think was integrating the new guys, getting them up to speed and them figuring out like Dennis figuring out where he can attack and when, when he's surrounded by LeBron and AD and even Mm -hmm. Mark who you run a lot of offense through Mark as well. It's just such a different type of basketball than Dennis has had to play. And it was really cool to see him go from, he was kind of tentative up to, I remember exactly yeah. when it happened. It's funny because he was going against the guy he was traded against. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the first half against Philly, he really struggled, uh, bar- barely scored. I think he had one basket. And then in the second half, he had like five or six drives to the basket, several on isolation against Danny Green. And from that point on, I've seen him be more and more decisive on on where to attack and whatnot. So uh, that's been happening throughout with, with the new guys, right? We've still got, we've got defensive work to do with Trez and Trez has defensive work to do, right? Uh, Mark needs to be able to carry that aggressiveness with his shot back to when AD comes back in the lineup and not pass up open shots that kind of halt the mm-hmm. offense, which is uh, what I thought was happening a, a decent amount of the time. Um, and then if, if we're going the more pessimistic route, are we don't have many shooters. We have guys mm-hmm. who can shoot, but we don't have many shooters. If KCP is exhausted, and I don't think Wes is a rotation guy anymore on a championship team mm-hmm. uh, because he's he, he's he looks rough on the offensive end in particular. I see why Vogel likes him on defense. It's like there was a play against Sacramento where I, I, I think it was Trez passed it to him, and he was alone under the basket. It might have been Kuzu passed it. And you know the play I'm talking about, right? And he yep. was just like and, – and he passed it up. He passed open – uh, uh, and he hasn't scored in four or five games, I think. It reminded um, me of what Charles said when he saw from Kobe, where Kobe started pump faking under the under the basket. Oh yeah, and Kobe. Now, That's like always... again, like I, whether or not this actually wound up being correct, but Charles was like, you know, I remember that moment. That's when you know is when you got a pump fake. <laughs> I remember. Yep. I remember that moment where you're alone under the basket and you're pump faking for ghosts because your legs <laughs> don't work that same way anymore. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's one thing if you're Kobe, right? Kobe can evolve. Kobe was a better athlete at his peak than Wes, so that he he still had had a little bit left in the tank. Wes, (sighs) well, like Wes is is supposed to be a shooter, but he's sub thirty four percent, and he doesn't have much in the way of ball handling Mm -hmm. in in the way of attacking the rim. So 
it's a lot, a lot of our offensive possessions have been kind of four on five when he's out there. And so I would love to be wrong about Wes. I would love for him to, so like contrast that with Markeith Morris, who for most of the season, I'm like, yeah, he's just, them legs look heavy, but the last few games, it's been like, oh, he's starting to turn it on. He's starting to look like himself. Keeps 31, whereas Matthews is 34. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, has post Achilles post. Uh, right, right. And so Keith, I'm not so much worried about, but Wes, I'm worried about. And in conjunction with KCP, who I'm just worried about in a, I think just, I think he just needs like a week on the beach, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, to just relax for a bit. But it would be foolish to assume that this fatigue issue is not going to be a season long thing. And even into the playoffs, they always talk about how the, this is a marathon. Well, what if you run a marathon and then you just take a, you know, little while, a few days off. Here's some Gatorade, run another one, (laughs) run another marathon, right? Your time's probably not going to be as good, even if you're really talented. And so that's kind of the balance is we're more talented team than last seasons, uh, but we're not, the stakes of these games are lower. They're weird because there's no fans in them. And we've got this cumulative effect that is so difficult to quantify that it's difficult to apply any other season in NBA history or any other, oh, this team won the championship and this is what they were like the next season. It don't matter because they didn't have similar circumstances to what this team is facing. So those are my more pessimistic points of view is like, is our shooting going to hold up? Are our legs going to hold up? And all that's tied together. And of course, AD's health is at the very top of that, that whole list. Well, before I get to like my thoughts on the second half in general, one of the things that I thought could come out of that Sacramento game was Vogel now has seen Alfonso McKinney play, right? And like, I don't, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Like, that sounds really mean. <laughs> like, like Vogel put him in. Like, oh shit! Check out this guy. guy. <laughs> Look at this guy. Looking over at Lionel Hollins. Like, did you know we had this guy? <laughs> hey you over there come on yeah. in here <laughs> we're all tired that's right yeah. <laughs> you're wearing a jersey <laughs> all right well if i could rephrase frank vogel now has some kind of like in his memory bank he has information on alfonso mckinney because over the course of this season they have not practiced like he has not had access to watching and focusing on Alfonso McKinney playing basketball in front of him with Frank Vogel as his coach. That's what I mean. Sure. <laughs> At least in like, a competitive environment. Yeah. 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 And so I think, I think, you know, and, and he now has some data in the, in the, in the, in the mental bank when it comes to Damian Jones too. Right. And I think, the, now that he has some of that, and whether it's whether it's Damian Jones sticking it out for the rest of the season, or whether it's like now maybe trusting uh, McKinney more than he trusts him right now, or heading you know before he saw him play in that environment, he can you know more comfortably give him a couple minutes here and there on nights where Wesley Matthews is a freaking disaster, right? And and you need to spell. And you need to spell KCP for like five minutes because the dude is is running like he's actually at mile 24 of a mar- marathon, right? Like we all know that KCP run where he's like trying to get his body to like, come on, mm-hmm. 
We got to yeah. get this thing going. So yeah. when he sees when, when and, and Wes just runs like that, like when he wakes up in the morning, like that's just like what Wesley Matthews runs like. And so on nights where both those guys are moving, like they're 83 years old, maybe throw McKinney out there and just see if you can earn yourself slide by for like three, four minutes, one shift, right? Can you get by on one shift? And, and I think, I think if, if, if he starts to trust him a little bit and extends that rotation just a little bit, not with the intent of like, we're going to throw McKinney out there in the, in the postseason, but literally just to, to, to spell a shift here, a shift there. And, and hopefully at the end of the month, you, you, you earn yourself three, four shifts over the course of that month that, that makes KCP just that little bit fresher, you know? Um, and I think, you know, cause like you're saying, a lot of the, the Lakers shooting problems have a lot to do with dead legs. Like they're just tired. Yeah. And, and, and it's not even just a matter of like the way that they're missing. When I watch Wesley Matthews play basketball, his feet literally are not set to shoot because they are not as quick as they once were mm-hmm. like on that play that the ball rotated over to him and he wound up driving baseline. I went back and watched it again he just literally was not capable of getting his feet set. It wasn't like he was standing there and he was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. It was like, I have to dribble here because my feet are in running position mm-hmm. and I couldn't jump over to shooting position, you know? Yeah. And yeah, he seems like he's in his head a bit, right? Like, yeah. As well, along with everything. Yeah. And so like, I just think, you know, if, if, if McKinney can hop in there and, and, and give you a couple of shifts here and there and maybe get guys a little bit fresher, I think that's where, that might help some of the shooting things. Um, all that said, in regards to like what I would like to see in the second half and my expectations for the second half, the Lakers need to unlock Anthony Davis. Like for a solid month, the Lakers really just need to focus on getting ED back to beast mode, you know, and, mm-hmm. and because of all of the things that we we're going to talk about and all of the things on the peripheries that we could yep. talk about and nitpick about, mm-hmm. we don't like what we have to avoid here is dipping back into NBA, NBA hipster mode. Right. You know? Where all of the like really small. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, the- Alfonso oh. McKinney is going to be Alfonso the, McKinney know. and for Wes Matthews. <laughs> right. That's going to lead us to the chip. <laughs> right. No, it's about all about AD and his health. At the end of the day, like the Lakers got to find a way to get an AD above the rim. Like get, have him yeah. playing above the rim more than he did in the first half of the season. Yep. Uh, you know, as, as nice as it is and, and as probably demoralizing as it is to play against AD when he's picking people apart in the mid range, like you can, you can continue to work on that and, and go to it so that you have that in your back pocket whenever the postseason comes. I want to see freaking pterodactyl Anthony Davis. Like the, the Lakers got to find that because they aren't the same team without pterodactyl Anthony Davis. That's Amen. You you put it beautifully there, um, and that that's not just a matter of his physical health in terms of the Achilles tendinosis and all that. It's also getting into into shape, right? Into mm-hmm. the best f- physical condition that he can get into by the time the playoffs roll around. And that's part of why I'm excited about the second half, this mm-hmm. second act uh, act of the season, where I do think that we see a ramp up, 
right? I think that mm-hmm. just from the team in general, um, the team's in a good mood. That's something I've really noticed on the melts is they're just, like, they really get along. They like each other. Nobody's yeah. worried about any of this. They're Still laughing. reacting to Jared Dudley plays as if it's just like the greatest thing that has yes. ever happened to them. Th- that's right. Although Dud's picking deer and Fox was kind of the awesome. greatest thing that has ever happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so that ramp up process is not just for AD, it's for everybody. But in terms of like what's important, AD looking like prime healthy Anthony Davis or as close to that by the time the playoffs roll around, priority number one. And that that's a time a timeline and a timetable that take as long as you need to get to that point. So long as as we're going into the playoffs, that's that's where he is. And I trust our our medical staff and all our people to be able to get guys there. I thought they did a phenomenal job of that last season. Yep. All right, let's take one more quick second here and when we come back, we got to talk about the ceiling of this team because heading into the season, Pete, you and I both agreed that the ceiling of this team is still legit special. You know, it, it was was the best roster you and I had seen put together in, in my lifetime, probably our lifetime, right? Close to our lifetime. Uh, and, and I want to see if this first half of the, half of the season and its impact on the second half of the season uh, has changed how we feel about that. We'll come back to that here in a bit. When you need fantasy advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra Cialis, uh, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat, combat all forms of ED and can help men gain confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit for, from a little extra confidence when it's time to perform, Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay 5 bucks shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to receive your first month free. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. So the Lakers, I still think... So one of the things that I've kind of landed on is that, and and it doesn't mean that like the Lakers had a chance at Ibaka or whatever, like that's a different conversation altogether because it seems like they didn't. But where I have landed is that like, I think this team would be a better team with Ibaka on it than Harrell. I, I just think hmm. he, 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 I just think he's a better player in general. But uh, that said, I still think 
Harold does some things that lifts the Lakers ceiling and offers them like if if you if you land a Baca, he improves the pitches that the Lakers have. Harold is a different pitch altogether, mm-hmm. you know, and and so it's just a different team. But I where I've landed is that like if the Lakers had a Baca, I'm talking like the best team flat out period. Like I, I'm not even sure it's necessarily arguable. Um, mm. I still think this is the best roster of my lifetime, but I'm more open to discussions about it than I was at the beginning of the, <laughs> at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I, you, you disagree. I still, so first off, I still think Trez is a, a better player than Ibaka. Like I know really? Ibaka. Oh yeah. I don't think it's really that close. Ibaka was like, you know, yeah. Ibaka had no points and was a minus 22 in 18 minutes tonight. Like Ibaka is a solid yeah, pro. It's a bad night for me like, to be making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's one of those things where like, when you see a guy on a day-to-day basis, it's different than the, not just the player that he is, but also the idea that we have yeah. of, of what a player is. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm, you know, in some respects, even more optimistic, health willing, right? Like let's give me the caveat that we're healthy and everybody, mm-hmm. Right, that, that we have that, but I didn't know Dennis Schroeder was this good on defense, and that's been the biggest surprise of this first part. Mark's game hasn't surprised me in any way. I wish he'd shoot a little more, and he did once AD went down, and he needs mm-hmm. to, like I said, bring bring that back. Trez being pretty good in some defensive situations. I think he's still leading the NBA in charges taken, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gonna, you know, can show high, uh, and being pretty bad in other ones. That's not a surprise. So that was baked into it for me. I, I didn't think that um, I wasn't huge on, on Wes coming in, but as vet minimum signing, like I thought it was, it was good, but he's, he's underperformed my expectations, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the like Harold being a different pitch altogether. Trez is really good at the things that he does. Mm-hmm. And he, rather than, Ibaka is a pro. He's a pro's pro. He's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to make the mistakes that Harold does on defense. That's for sure, mm-hmm. right? He's also not going to wreak absolute havoc on the rim. Like I, I was looking not too long ago where there's like four seasons in NBA history where guys had like a 67 plus true shooting percentage mm-hmm. and a 20% plus usage, which is like guys that have bigs that have high usage are usually or that have high true shooting percentage are usually like a Mitchell Robinson. All they do is dunk type right. guy, right? The old DeAndre Jordan. Trez hits all types of shots and it is very efficient. He's one of the best scoring big men in the NBA and a really good offensive rebounder on top of that. So I actually think that having a different pitch, like we've already got our lineups that we know we can win a championship with that we have won a championship with a lot of the guys that returned are those combinations. And a lot of those lineups did not include JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard or the people that we've pined for. So um, it's a matter. This has been more of a matter of like the integration of the new guys and Schroeder being this good on the defensive end, I think takes when we're at our best, we're just this amazing perimeter defensive team. And Schroeder is just as good, if not better of a defender as like Caruso and Mm Caruso is an amazing defender. And so Shooter come play in time? different ways, like their yeah. abilities defensively on the perimeter don't overlap too much. 
Great point. And that allows Dennis to like Alex doesn't chase shooters off screens as well, like mm-hmm. off screen shooters. But Dennis gets skinny and he's wire and, he, and he'll stay attached mm-hmm. pretty well on on those. Um, so that's a great point. They can defend different types of guys. We haven't it's only played, I think, 32 minutes. But that lineup with the three Alex guards. and KCP and Dennis with LeBron and AD is just like just lit teams on fire in, in this first in, in the run that they got. And so I, I think the team ceilings is as high as ever provided that their legs are there and that they're healthy. And I am much less confident about that than I am the actual talent of the team. Oh yeah. I, I'm still not doubting the talent. You know, I still think it's a special team. I still think it's a really, really good team. I just think. So your point about the three guard lineup lighting teams on fire is the best counterpoint that can be made when I say that, like, could the Lakers have had their best lineup with AD at the power forward, right? And, and Ibaka out there is kind of also spacing the floor. Mm. Well, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't know that that lineup would be better than the three guard lineup that we've seen thus far. And I also don't like, we also haven't seen very much of the returning champion lineup with uh Schroeder in there, right? Where it's uh I guess it would be well no, not even the returning not even with Schroeder in there, but like the just the returning champion lineup, right? Where it's uh Caruso, KCP, uh Kuz, LeBron, and AD. Like we haven't seen very much of that lineup either. And that's something that I, I think we're gonna see more of over the course of the second half of the right. season right. as part of that ramp up process, right? Yeah. I think Vogel knows that that's a good lineup and he'll go to it more as well as the three guard lineup. And like, to your point, would Abaka lineups be any better than either of those lineups? Probably not. Maybe, but probably not. It, there's nothing. AD at the five is hard to beat, man. When you've got the right personnel out but there. And, we yeah. also haven't seen that kind of AD so far this year. For sure. For sure. I would say though, that we're not playing for this time of year. Yeah. And if Anthony Davis is healthy, knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, come playoff time, there's no five in the league that I'd rather have in yeah. that spot, especially for the style that we play. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of playing the result here because we haven't seen a fully healthy AD, I don't mm-hmm. think. And mm-hmm. Ibaka helps a team that doesn't have a fully healthy AD, you know? Cause, yeah. Yeah. Cause he, like Ibaka, so can, could you get by with, LeBron and Ibaka better than the Lakers have gotten by with LeBron Harrell lineups, you know, while Schroeder and AD were down. I I think that probably helps you a little bit more because I think Ibaka clears up some of the deficiencies in some fairly similar ways defensively that Harrell does not uh, to, to AD. Yeah. I could see that he's not the shot blocker he used to be, but he's a good positional defender. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, they would be better on the defensive end. I certainly wouldn't argue that point. I would just argue that the discrepancy between them on the offensive end is significant enough to, to make, make up the yeah. difference. We're, we're going to just going to keep on talking about how long do you think we could talk about Ibaka Harrell? We go for like another <laughs> half hour. Um, do you, do you think they're still capable? Like when they all get healthy, is this a team that is capable of one of those like holy crap kind of runs in the absolutely. postseason? Absolutely. If they have their legs, absolutely. I I agree too. I still think that this is an insanely talented team. We that, by the it, way, Anthony. we we don't even like they aren't a finished product. They have two roster spots. 
That's right. That's we right. We added Damian Jones. Like this, this team could be the greatest team of all time because of but, that guy. And and even beyond, <laughs> even beyond the not being the the finalized roster, we saw what this team is capable of in flashes in this first part of the season, right? Like mm-hmm. when they would when they would turn it up and like obviously, you know, every team looks great when they're playing their best. Mm-hmm. Our version of our best makes other good teams look like they don't belong on the floor. Yeah, look, yeah, like look, <laughs> look like they're worse. Right. right. Yeah. And so that that we saw it enough. Um, and that can only happen with AD on the floor, of course, but we saw that enough to where like that's in there. I suspect we'll see more of it in the second half. Although I think we'll see another dip in the second half. We'll have another dip where, where we take our foot off the gas, most likely right before the, the, the playoffs. I think the couple of weeks before then will be similar to this time of season, especially with like, it was 37 games in the first half and 35. And usually it's like two thirds of the season, then the all-star break. Mm -hmm. And then the last third, this is more half and half almost certainly we're going to have another lull and dip, but I do think we'll see more of that. Like, you know, that the best version of themselves in the second half. Yeah. I think it, the closer that we get to the postseason, say for the, the, I, I, you know, they might have a tiny dip right before the thing starts as they get guys fully rested and, and ready for that run. But before that, before that tiny little last dip, that's where I'm really looking for. Like, good God. This team. Yeah. You know, columns like columns, like, Oh my God, we've been kidding ourselves this whole season. That's, that's, I think that what this team is still capable of. A hundred percent. It's reminiscent of that 2001 team, right? That, that actually started very poorly. And uh, hold on, I'm pulling up their record right now. There's 2000. And then the end of that Lakers season, they just went on a, a massive run. So they finished with a record of, 56 and 26, right? But they started out like, you know, six and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, they, they, they were okay. And then, yeah, they go on this, this big old run toward the end of the season. Oh, I'm mixing up my seasons. My bad. It was a different season where they went on the 23 of 24 run, but they did win their last eight of the season, right? Mm-hmm. And, and got hot going into the playoffs and then went on that 15 to one run. I definitely think Which this means team is- they won 23 of 24. That's right. That's right. Right. To, to end the year. Oh, that's true. There you go. There you go. That's me doing quick maths right there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they did win. But, they, but I, I think they had a separate year where they actually did that at, like in the middle of the season too. Right. Right. But to your point that that turn up that that uh, dress rehearsal, we call it for the playoffs. Uh, I think that we'll see that in the second half as well, even if it's not right before the playoffs. Uh we'll see how they manage the, the legs issue going into those last couple of weeks, but I do expect to see that. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for this episode, this week's episode and this first half of the NBA seasons episode of the locked on Lakers podcast. Want to give you guys a, uh, a very, uh, a deep, I want to show some, some deep, deep gratitude for the amount of support that you guys have shown us uh, for dude. We've been doing this. Like basically we have been doing five shows a week for what do you think of of the last 24 months probably like 20 of them sure yeah something like that yeah and and you listeners have been with us every step of the way so uh i want to give you guys a, a shout out for that 
Uh, and and look, we're going to get a bit of a break here. We're all going to join KCP on the beach with some Mai Tais and, and, and recharge our batteries a little bit. Yes, please. And, and then uh, get ready for the second half of the season and then ramp up and get ready for that postseason run, which is going to be a ton of fun in and of itself. Uh, until then, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and we'll talk to you uh, Monday.